Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Um, go ahead and open your Bibles uh, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read a few passages there um, on love. And most of the time when you go to a wedding... <laughs> People like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, don't they? But unfortunately, the people who are getting it, even the ones who are being married, don't even understand what it is. Amen? Now, you might sit there and say a vow, but you might not understand the whole meaning of what that vow means. Amen? And, and so, in the, in the poetic words of Anna Mae Bullock, <laughs> she came out with a song and said, what's love got to do with it? Well, we get ready to find out what love has to do with it. Amen. And so let's start reading uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, I'm not going to read all of that. I'm going to just start reading at verse 4, and then we'll probably stop at uh, 13. So I'm going to read very quickly here. It says, love suffers long. It is kind. Um, it is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not behave rudely. <laughs> does not seek its own. Is not provoked and thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, and this is where the evangelicals get it wrong. They try to read this scripture and think that somehow prophecies have passed away, tongues have passed away, because they've misread this scripture. And they say love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will, they will fail. Not that they have failed. They will fail. When? When Jesus comes back, because you won't need prophecies when he comes. Amen. Whether there be tongues, they will cease. And this is where they claim that uh, speaking in a spiritual language has ceased, but they are misappropriating the scriptures. This is why you need to be in a good, proper Bible study teaching church. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. We're still getting knowledge today, aren't we? Aren't we getting prophecies today? Then none of that has ceased. And you can't take one part out of the scripture and then leave the others in there. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect, Jesus Christ, has come, then that which is part will be done away with us. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Last verse. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these, is love. Amen? Amen? And so we're going to give you a couple of scriptures here to talk about love, and that's our foundational scripture. Song of Solomon 8 and 6 says, love is strong as death. Love is so strong and powerful that it calls an all-powerful, an all-knowing, an all-present God to go through a very human experience that's called death. For God so loved, somebody says so loved, for God so loved, not that he just loved us, he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. What did he do? He died. 
That's why love is strong as death. Because he died for us. He chose that for us in Romans 5 and 8. That while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. Elaine has the next one. Um, Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So if we give ungracious words, Hmm. then our souls are soured and our bodies are not healthy. Amen. So Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. So you see, words mean everything. If they're bad words, then you're going to have rotten apples. And your silver is going to be tarnished. Amen. So just keep in mind, just as we go through this, because today's subject is words of affirmation. Words have the power, we all know, of either building up Mm. or tearing down. Amen. Amen. So where we get these languages from is Dr. Gary Chapman. Elaine and I had the great privilege of meeting him personally, spending some time with him. And uh, he's a wonderful man. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can get a hold of him to see if I can get him to come uh, to the church. He lives right there in Winston-Salem. So, um, but Dr. Gary Chapman is the one who wrote about the five love languages. This is where we get it from. And once we discovered these, we don't even go through any counseling without going through these five love languages because these love languages have made a huge difference in our marriage, in, in our children, and I believe into the lives of those that we counsel. Amen. And so I so, want to so talk. Can I ask a quick question? Go ahead, so baby. I know we've talked about the five love languages, but how many of you really know what that is? A lot of you know what it is because we talked to you about it, but then a lot of you know what it is because you've done it on your, you know, you've found out about it on your own. Okay, well, I hope that for those of you who are not familiar, that you will take time to get this book because this book is amazing and it's not very big, very tiny little book. <laughs> But it will give you some major insights. They have one for t- children. They have one for teens. They have one for singles. They have one for men. And you know what? Even God speaks our love languages. And we're going to talk about that, too, because we want to make sure mm. that we touch the whole body. Amen. Not just a woman or a man or a child, but God speaks our love languages. And we're going to talk about that, too. Amen. So I want to hit a piece here, men, and teach the men how to become fluent in words of affirmation. So I'm going to hit this section here a little bit, and then Elaine uh, is going to go into women. Now, I know we've heard that uh, sometimes the power can be in your fingertips, right? Got the power at your fingertips. But really, in the kingdom, the power is on the tip of your tongue. Let me tell you why. Um, uh Proverbs 25, 11. Well. You already read that one? Oh, I missed one. Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm going to have to tell it to you. We missed it on the slide. Proverbs 18.21. Write this down. Proverbs 18.21. Life and death are in the power of what? So just like Elaine just said, you can speak things to tear people down, or you can speak things to what? Build people up. Now, that can be your children. You can speak life into your children, or you can speak death. You can speak life into your spouse, or you can speak death. Amen? It's right here in the power of the tongue. The book of James says that this thing is a little thing, but it can set things on fire. I did a message many, many years ago 
called the red devil behind the white pearly gates. Because this tongue is nothing but a little red heron. <laughs> Amen, somebody. And you can say stuff before you, oh, my God, you just stay away from the word and worship and prayer. Man, you start using stuff you hadn't used in a long time. Amen. So we're talking to the men. Um, often when we talk with men about love languages, the first thing they want to say is, I don't even know why I need to do this. Yep. <laughs> 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 must, <laughs> I must be hitting on something. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And then right behind that, they will make a statement. Now, this statement is based on an assumption. They will make a statement and say, I know my wife is happy. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, there's my scripture. Okay. I knew it was in there. All right. Here it is. Pride, narcissism. And cynicism. Cynicism is when you're all, you're all sarcastic. You get sarcastic and then you say, I ain't really mean it. <laughs> right? That's cynicism. Uh, and ignorance will always cloud a man's judgment when they have already convinced themselves that they are God's gift to women. See, you can't teach a guy to think he knows everything. Right? And when clearly I can see stuff that I would never, ever say anything about until you're willing to humble yourself and come to me and ask me about it. She can see stuff. She would never say anything about it. But we can come home and talk and go, yep, that's, that's the problem. And later on, it will be revealed. Why? Because I always feel that the worth of a man can be seen in the countenance of his wife's face. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the right things, her face will show it. And if you're not doing the right things, her face <laughs> <laughs> See, the object of love is not getting something you want, but doing something for the well-being of the one that you love. Amen. See, how a man can use affirming words. One of the best ways to affirm your wife is by saying how great she is in front of your children. Now, that does a couple of things. It shows your sons this is how you treat a woman, but it also shows your, your young ladies this is how a man is supposed to treat her. Amen. Now, I'm going through these quickly because I know Elaine has a great piece she want to share about women. Compliment her in the presence of your parents, your family members, and your friends. Do you ever compliment your spouse in front of folks, or do you tear her down in front of people? Now, I'm not saying this is what you're doing, guys, but if you are doing it, you need to stop it like today. Because you're not affirming her, you're actually tearing her down. Life and death in the power of the just because you feel your spouse should be doing something specific in her career or ministry or education doesn't necessarily mean that's what she wants to do. So sometimes uh, uh, you'll hear the statement, uh, the grass is greener on the other side, right? How many of you ever heard that? How many of you have not heard that? Because only five of y'all raise your hand. Okay, so, so y'all learn. So I just exposed that. That the grass is greener on the other side. Now, Here's my rebuttal to that. If you water your own grass, come on, fertilize it, your grass will be just as green. The grass is only dry on your side because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Boy, I got like two people to applaud, but that's all right. <laughs> this slide right here. Becoming fluent in words of affirmation requires more than just mastering compliments and encouragement. It involves communicating with a tone and an attitude 
that are unmistakably loving. Why? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is kind. Amen. This is why we read those scriptures first. Your goal must be to achieve understanding and reconciliation, not to prove your own correctness and superiority. So this, Elaine and I, we always say this, is, it is better, is it better to be right or to be reconciled? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they finishing your sentence. They, yeah, they, they know it, don't they? Man, this is recapitulation. Is it, is it better to be right? Right. But what if you are the one that's right? You don't throw it in the other, up in the other person's face. Like, see, I told you I was right. <laughs> right? Because, let me tell you, let me tell you, you better be humble because the next time, you're probably not going to be right. And you reap what you... <laughs> love makes requests not demands it gives guidance not ultimatums amen now three ways to fill your wife's love tank I'm going to go through these first compliment a different physical feature each day this week listen I'm going to tell you something about my wife my wife y'all don't know that my wife lost what 56 pounds what about three four years ago it was before daddy passed, right? She lost 56 pounds. Now, listen, I loved all of that extra. <laughs> 56 pounds. Y'all hear me? Now, I was all right with it because her physical anatomy is not what I was attracted to. Yeah, I was attracted to it, but <laughs> let, me <laughs> let me go ahead and let you know something up in here. <laughs> mm. Mm. Hey, praise the Lord. Caitlin's in the house, so I got to be good, right? So I was, amen. But listen, we all, we, we all can get a little, little men. We can get porky. Amen. Because as you get older, this little midsex around here, you, you, you go south, don't it? Amen. But so I still loved her. I still complimented her, even though she didn't feel comfortable inside that body. Guys, don't just get all sarcastic on your woman. You're tearing her down even worse. Sure would be nice if you get a gym membership. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh, no, men do say that. They do. Amen. Oh, yeah. And then she can come back and say, well, the membership you got, you ain't using it. <laughs> hey, and then you got the argument. Oh, there you and then you're on that crazy cycle. Amen. <laughs> Number two, affirm something specific you've observed she has done. What has she done? You know, do, say something like, man, the way you did that last week was amazing. The way you talked to that young lady was amazing. The way you handled that in our home was amazing. I, man, you are just so awesome at doing that kind of stuff. The way you handled our baby last week and, and the way you positioned that so that they could understand it, that was amazing, honey. Wow, that, that was really good. I even learned something from that, right? That's how you affirm them with what? Words, right? Here's the last one. Thank her routinely and never forget to tell her you love her every day because you may not come back or she may not come back home. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on out there in the world. So make sure you speak to her with affirming words and tell your wife you love her every day, even if you're mad. Just, you know, say it, get it out. And work it out. Amen. Go ahead, baby. 
but before I go into the next part, I want to say this. When you're giving those words, if you're talking about their physical attributes and you're saying something, be sincere. You can read through insincerity. Right. So if, if you look at your wife and you say, oh, your hair looks good today, babe. Okay, it's about how you say things. Because if your hair really don't look good and they're saying mm. it like that, that's because they're just trying to find something. Might be something they want that night. I don't know. But the point is, <laughs> I'm being careful. I know there's children in here. Yeah. But, but the point is, <laughs> you want to be sincere in your compliments and in your words of affirmation. Because if she can look at herself and know her hair is jacked up and you're telling her her hair looks good, I mean, a woman knows, right? So you have to be sincere with whatever it is that you're going to say. So think about what you're going to say when he said uh, find a physical feature. It could be your eyes. It could be um, your hands. It, I mean, it could be anything. But be sincere yeah. about what it is that you are affirming. Amen. Um, women, you know, I have a quote here. And it says, I am amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. Mm, 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 mm. They insist on bringing into today the failures of yesterday, and in so doing, they pollute a potentially wonderful present. Wow. Why do I say that to women? No, that ain't no, why. That ain't why. <laughs> No. I mean, you might be a gift. Yeah, you're you might a gift, be a gift. But, uh, <laughs> come on. Come on. There you go. Come on. There That's you it. go. Amen. Amen. And so if you didn't hear that, she's talking about a lot of women kind of stay caught in the past of past relationships and what happened in that relationship and they bring it into the current relationship. But the other side of that is we're also very good at bringing up past failures. Yeah. Well, you did this or you did that. But you know what? That was yesterday. Amen. We need to move forward into today because what could be happening is if your man is changing, and you mm, need to celebrate mm. it. And if, and if you keep bringing up those past failures and those past things that happened, then you are ruining a wonderful yeah. present. Yeah. Amen. Amen. A present of a happy together today, but a present of the gift that God has given you. Yeah. See, one of the reasons we, <laughs> we end up with mates, sometimes even friends, if you're not married, that put us down is due to our lack of self-confidence. See, we may have grown up in what we call a negative linguistic home. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, Pastor Elaine? Well, it's real simple. The, in your home that you grew up in, you received a lot of negative yeah. words and a lot of negative, what I would call, it's not even affirmation, because if it's negative, it's not affirming you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us have grown up that way. And when we hear these critical or condemning words for a large portion of our primary years, then we hold on to that and we seem to carry that into our relationships, whether it's relationships with our children, mm -hmm. relationships with friends, or our marriage relationship. You know, we end up not, not, not intentionally because sometimes it's just a part of, because you grew up that way, it's right. so easy to allow that to become a part of your every, um, but not understanding 
what the proper love language is and not understanding how to use right. your love language, right, can poison a very um, prof profitable and good potential relationship. The sad thing is that if you don't begin to learn to understand these words of affirmation or quality time or any of these other five love languages, it can become a poison and a lot of times what we find, especially in marriage, is that our marriages fall apart mm -hmm. and we don't understand why. So when we receive a lack of verbal affirmation, that's equated to a lack of love. And so we have to learn to love others to receive love. So where they say, you know, if, if you want to show yourself friendly, if you want to be a friend, you got to show yourself friendly, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so if you want to be loved, then you have to give love. There are different dialects in the English language. Mm -hmm. Right? Would you agree? What's a dialect in the English language? But what is, what, what, give me one type of a dialect in the English language. Southern. Southern. Very good. Mm -hmm. What's another one? Slang. Slang. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's another one? Northern. Ebonics. No, she's right. Okay, so we Peachy. have all these different dialects in the English language. Guess what? We have different dialects in even our love languages, yeah. and in particularly in the way we affirm. So there's different dialects that we use. Words of encouragement, that's a, a word that encourages. It means to inspire. Words of appreciation, so these are different dialects, right? This is when we express gratitude from s for some act of service or kindness rendered. Mm -hmm. Kind words, this not what we say, it's how we mm -hmm. say it. So let's, let's tie this into to uh, marriage. A quarrelsome, nagging wife is like the constant dripping of a leaky roof. That's in, so you can find that in Psalms 19.13. Love is an action, not a feeling. And we already mentioned this. It's better to be reconciled than to be right. So verbal compliments, ladies, go far farther than anything you can do and it's much more of a motivator than nagging words so let me give you an example um, and this actually came out of Dr. Chapman's book and there was a woman she came into his office and she was complaining of course you know that her and her husband were having problems she says I can never get him to do anything I want him to do and he says well how are you asking him and she says well you know I just tell him you know you, you, I've been asking you to do this for months and months and months and you haven't done it and he said, and, and what did that get out of him? She said, he still hasn't done it. <laughs> so he said, you know, do this. Try this. Try going home, and for the next month, when he does something good, compliment him. Honey, I, you know what you did was so great. I really appreciate that. But never mention the paint job ever again. Never mention it. She says, it's not going to work. He said, just do this for me, please. So she went home, and for that month, all the good things he did, she let him know. Honey, you know what? When you did that, you did such a great job. Um, I appreciate when you did such and such, right? But she found, because I mean, we all do good things. She came back a month later and talked to Dr. Chapman, and he said, so how are things going? She said, I got my room painted. <laughs> See, what, ha what happened is, she stopped nagging him about what he wasn't doing and complimenting him about what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he then 
got his love tank filled up, right? And he knew, he knew she wanted that room painted. But as long as she continued to nag him about it and bring it up that it hadn't been done, then of course he wasn't going to do it. But when she started filling his love tank with words of affirmation and letting him know how wonderful he was and the things that he was doing and the positiveness of the things that he was doing, then one day he thought about, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for my wife. Now, I'm not going to tell you what her love language was or is because we're going to talk about that in another session. Mm -hmm. But he started filling up her love tank when she started filling up his. Amen. You see how this works? So we don't want to nag our spouses. We don't want to nag our children because nagging our children creates the same response. Mm -hmm. Especially when they're, and we're going to get into this, especially when they're teenage children who are starting to feel that independence yep. and that and trying to identify that identity. Yeah, you understand, don't you? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> you got three at the same time. <laughs> that's, a rough, that's a rough place to be. Right. Not that they're bad, but they are exerting what, you know, their, their, their self-independence and they're trying to find out who yeah. they are as a person. Yeah. I might be jumping ahead of myself, but anyhow. Um, encouragement requires empathy, ladies. So when we are trying to, if you're not sure how to encourage, try to put yourself in their shoes. That's what empathy means, putting yourself mm -hmm. in their situation. Now, I know we're talking about women, but men, you can get the same things out of this. Yeah. We have to, we have to empathize with our spouses, with our children. Try to understand, we, hey, we were teenagers once. I know what I did. <laughs> I was rebellious. Part of it is because at that time, our parents didn't understand. That's right. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand love languages even when Caitlin was coming up. You know, we just got lucky. But um, we don't understand. Our parents would just say, do it because I said That's so. Right. Well, because I said so is really not a good response. That's right. Because our children are trying to identify who they are. And because I said so means that you're trying to make them identify with who you are and what you say, but not getting them an opportunity. They're, they're, these kids are smart. Mm -hmm. Be careful about the tone of words that you use. See, words might sound good, but the way you say them might be interpreted totally differently. So um, a good example might be, um, I'm so glad you washed the dishes. <laughs> I mean, that, might, that sounds affirming, right? You think you, that? No. Huh? No, Why? not affirming. It was how I said yeah, it. The way you say it. That's right. Instead of saying, honey, thank you for washing the dishes. Because, you know, we're thinking, well, the last time I washed these dogs on dishes. Right. Right? <laughs> you ain't going to say it out loud, right, fellas? Ha <laughs> ha! You're going to say it under your breath. You, you, you see me wash these dishes one more time. <laughs> and we're good at making statements saying that, well, I gave, I, I, say, I said something nice. Right. I said thank you for washing the dishes. That's, that's what, is that sarcastic? There you go, cynicism, yes. Right, so, so it's all about how we say things, ladies and gentlemen, and children, even to your parents. 
Now, as we're talking through this, I know you're laughing because you just saw yourself at your house. Am I right? You're laughing because you're like, boy, we just did that yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Which is a good thing because we haven't mastered this yet, right? So we're teaching it, but we, we're not masters of this. this you're going to have to be intentional about this. And it's going to be being submitted one to another. Both of you will have to be intentional, man, men and ladies, right? And then remember this before I get into my three points. Love doesn't keep score. But we do. Yes, we do. And that's a problem. See, if you keep score, where is that keeping you? In yesterday. That's right. So it's not allowing you to enjoy the present. So remember, love does not keep score. It does not bring up past failures. So you made a mistake. Something happened. Guess what? Okay, get over it. Keep moving. A lot of times I'll hear some of the couples say, well, you know, they wasted. He spent all the money. It's just money. If you're going to forgive, forgive. Amen. Right? If you're going to forgive, forgive. Move forward. But don't keep bringing up past failures. Because all that does, those are negative linguistics, not positive. And all that's going to do is make your man feel like he's a failure. And you're never going to forget that one failure that he might have done and overlook all of the positive things and successes that have happened in your marriage. And those little things sound small, and you might say, oh, that's never happened or it won't happen. I promise you, if it ever does and you continue to dig into that, that little thing can become a mountain. That What my mom used to say, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. So I, I just said all that because I want you to understand that words have detrimental yeah. applications, but then they can have very positive and uh, possibilities in your marriage and your relationships. And that goes back to the, to the scriptures we read, right? Love does not keep track of wrongs. Again, you hear this in every wedding, but you may not understand, you know, the greater depth of what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is really teaching us when we start talking about that we're going to be committed for the rest of our lives to one another. Right. And ladies, it's really, really important for us because we have more words in general. I'm not going to say always, but in general, we have more words than men. So we, you know, we're more wordy. Yes, y'all. And are. so we're real good. We're real good at taking those words. Oh right. My Lord. And digging Woo. and right. So here's three ways. Now, as we mentioned before, we can't cover the gamut no. of everything. So I'm just going to give you three high-level things that you can use to help to improve uh, your love language with your mates. And your mates can be, if you're not married, your children. Mm -hmm. It could be your friends. It could be your parents. Whatever, yes, whoever you're in relationship with. Okay. So the first one is express, and I'm saying him, but you can replace that him with whatever is appropriate. Express your love for him by letting him know how much you appreciate him. And I gave you some great examples. Mm -hmm. 
The second one is use kind words to encourage, to build up. And remember, those kind words can be said in a negative way. So if you don't say them in a, in a, in a kind way, then those words are no longer considered kind. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, a wise woman builds, builds her That's house. Right. Amen. So a woman can tear your, you can tear your house down or you can build it up. It's your choice. Amen. And then my third one is share with him how much you value his leadership. Ladies, you married him to be the head of your household. then you need to give him words of affirmation to let him know that you value the decision that you made. Now, if he's not following Christ, you still need to value mm -hmm. and still build him up because you made the choice for him to be over your household. He's still the head of your household. Now, he may not be following Christ like you want him to, but he's still the head of your household, and you still need to value and appreciate him for that. In order to develop an intimate relationship, you have to understand each other's desires, and the only way you're going to do that is understanding what their love language is. And if we wish to love each other, then we need to know what we want, mm -hmm. and that's how... We do that is by understanding love. I know we put a lot of emphasis on love languages, but you would be surprised <laughs> that when we're not speaking love language, each other's love language, how deficit our love tanks can become. There's a lot, when you were dating, I'm going to use this for example for the ladies and husbands that are married. When you were dating, you saw some things, but you were so in love. Uh. Come on now. Some of y'all been married a long time. I know it's hard to think back that far, but come on, think back with me. Go back. Right? You were so in love that those things you thought, oh, it's, it's okay. You overlook them. You don't, you, know, you don't think about them. But then you get married. And those things now start to become monuments of, of distress <laughs> in your marriage. Hallelujah. And the thing is that <laughs> you didn't be, and, and, and so you didn't understand the love language. You didn't speak each other's love language. And you went into this thing thinking, well, everything is going to be okay because we're in love. Well, let me just tell you something. If you can fall in love, you can fall out of love. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful about that in love. See, love matures. So, most relationships are good for the first two years. After those two years <laughs> is when you get into what we call mature love. And yeah. if you can't, if you haven't transitioned over into mature love where you're starting to understand each other's love language and speak each other's love language, then I can tell you, you are going to be in for an extremely bumpy ride if you even make it through the ride. Mm -hmm. It'd be like Amen. a roller coaster that you get thrown off of. Right. And that is not a good place to be. Because most issues can be resolved when you understand how to speak to each other, how to treat each other, understand what it is that makes, that, that this gets me all giddy and excited, other than looking at him. Mm, watch out now. But, uh, 
No, I'm looking at Caitlin's face. <laughs> She's like, please, y'all. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So is, is before we move into uh, raising emotionally healthy children, um, it's like this, guys. You have a checking account. You don't put any money into it, but you keep writing checks off of it. Right? Now, that is a federal offense. <laughs> By the way. By the way. Amen. However, if you keep making withdrawals from an already deficit account, you're going to get yourself in trouble. There, it is no different than in a relationship. If you haven't been making deposits into that person, but you keep writing checks, you're writing checks on an already deficit person. And you're trying to get something from the person that the person does not possess. This is why it is imperative that you not only understand what your love language is, but you need to understand what your children's love language is, your, your youth, your spouse. And if you don't understand yours, it's going to be difficult to understand other people's. Right? And so we're, we're, what we're saying here is sometimes we have to rethink how we are in our relationships. And we have to be intentional about doing some things that sometimes make it uncomfortable. And I know why men tend not to do this, because a lot of times you say, well, if, if, if I'm giving and they're not giving back to me, I, I, I should stop. Well, who told you that? Where, where, did, that, where did that come from? Right. So, again, we've got to understand our relationship with the one who's willing to marry us and we're not even worthy to be married. Does he continue to give? In, in spite of what we do, does he still love us? Right. So the question is not, should I continue? The question is, how should I continue? Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.